Hello and welcome back to Vinyl Community Podcasts. This is David Bianco with the Safe and Sound Texas Audio Excursion YouTube channel. One of the topics I've gotten into quite often, especially since my visit to Analog Productions and Quality Records Pressings in Salina, Kansas with Chad Cassum, is the whole idea of vinyl pressing and what it means to the industry, how it's handled. And we've seen some need for more volume, more capacity, more quality. So that's going to be the topic today on the Vinyl Community Podcast as we look at where we're at in the industry overall, what type of promises have been made, and what type of future capabilities we see coming on board with some new players. Welcome to the Audio Excursion. We've experienced in the 2000s with the resurgence of vinyl an increased need for pressing capacity and, in fact, better quality. One of the reasons we got into the position we're in right now, of course, is that during the 1980s, as digital came into the forefront and compact discs became more the norm, vinyl began to fade away. Pressing plants shut down because during the 60s and the 70s in the U.S. alone, we had over 125 pressing plants. Some of those were independent and some of those were associated to particular labels. Some of the labels even had their own record clubs where you could join the club get a handful of records for a penny or a dollar, and then have a contractual obligation to buy a certain amount of albums over the next year or two at the whopping retail amount of $5.98 and up. But those labels slowly started to shut down those plants in the early 80s as the demand for vinyls started to wane. The CD had taken over. So as the resurgence of vinyl started to begin in the 2000s, there were less places actually in a position to make vinyl. And that has continued. And with the demand growing in the first 20 plus years of the 2000s, and with the large resurgence that we saw in the early 2020s due to the COVID pandemic and the demand for vinyl that people had to purchase it as they sat at home and ordered on eBay or ordered through retailers or ordered through Discogs and grew their collections. And so this demand has increased as time has gone on. Along with that has also been some issues with quality. Now, pressing a record isn't the easiest thing in the world. There are a lot of variables that have to go right. And in a lot of cases, we have, in fact, been seeing some decrease in quality as it relates to possibly the flatness of it or defects on the records and things of this nature, along with some packaging issues. You may have heard of the term seam splits, and that is when the record is in the jacket and it moves around enough to where it actually cuts into 
the outer jacket and then destroys the integrity of the whole around edge of the album. And this has been just a nuisance and it has not been resolved in some labels cases. A lot of us actually ask for our records to be taken out of the jackets and put on the outside so that when they are shipped, they are not going to have the opportunity to create that damage. Part of this, of course, is because of the quality or the thickness of some of the cardboard or materials that's used. Obviously, when these discs move in shipment, the chance of that happening is increased. But as it relates to the vinyl itself, there have been more returns occurring in the last two to three years. I personally have experienced situations where certain pressings seem to have a automatic problem with their pressing, no matter how many copies of it I have received. One of them I've seen has been the 2016 release of Dark Side of the Moon by Bing Floyd. I've had copies that have bubbles in the actual vinyl, which cause the the needle to ride over a bump and create an audible noise. Uh, Not skipping, but enough to where it's definitely audible and distracting. And then also have had some that had markings on the actual records uh, above and beyond the dimples that are on there, had actual markings on the record that in some cases had audible negligence. So we have these situations where the quality is an issue and we have these situations where we don't necessarily get what we've paid for at these higher prices. And of course, this is something that makes it difficult for doing returns and those people who possibly buy records and don't open them in a quick period of time later on find that they have a problem doing a return with these records. So it all is part and parcel of what's going on in the industry as a whole and something that really calls for some increased capacity to be able to work at a pace that is possibly more normalized because some of these processes may inadvertently be being rushed from a variety of uh, arenas, whether it's in the handling of the records, whether it's in the timing of the pressings, whether it's in the cooling off period of the vinyl, preparing it before it gets sleeved. Again, a lot of variables exist in the processes. One of the big changes that has occurred goes back to the fact that major labels often had their own pressing plants in various locations across the United States. And they also had some worldwide. But in today's world, that really isn't where things are at. You have more of a situation of independent record pressing companies who are doing work for a variety of clients. Those labels that need the records pressed get in line for the orders of the records that they need. And the backlogs now, meaning how long does it take from the time that you want to order the album 
before you actually get it out into the market is long. The lead times are 6 to 12 months in many, many cases. And this causes issues with the ability to release material in a timely manner. The other issue is that you are dependent upon another company. Whereas in the past, if Columbia owned pressing plants or Capital owned pressing plants, then they could have more control over the physical activities that occurred within those plants, the quality control, the prioritization of various albums that would come out, etc., etc., And now it is much more difficult, and there are very few labels that have an association directly to their own pressing plant where they own it and can call the shots at a very high level of control. And therefore, it has created a consternation within the vinyl community for the delivery of product in a timely manner and to get good release dates and accurate release dates. Some of these things may, in fact, be affecting then the quality because of some processes that are being rushed or steps that are potentially inadvertently not done fully correctly, which impact the quality of the vinyl and the product that you receive. So these changes in control are in fact part of the formula which has changed over the last 40 to 50 years in the relationship between labels and getting records pressed. Now, Part of what I want to talk about is the fact that there are some labels who are now looking to start their own pressing plants in order to reverse this situation where they have a lack of gaps in control, gaps in quality, calling their own shots, and the ability, frankly, just to meet the demand in general. So this bigger footprint of capacity in the market is something that we look forward to, but we aren't always finding out how these projects are progressing. And that's a topic that I spoke of recently on my YouTube channel that I want to bring here to the Vinyl Community Podcast. So as we got close to the end of quarter one of 2023, I started to recall that the announcement of the new pressing plant by Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs, or MoFi, that was put out in 2022, actually June 23rd, uh, a month or so before the MoFi gate thing hit, uh, stated that they were going to be uh, in production in quarter one, 2023. So we're now here and we've ended that quarter. And I don't know that any output has come out of that plant yet. I don't know what the status of the plant is. So I started to do a little bit of research and I did discover, you know, where it is located in Oxnard, California. And in reading some info that they have put on the website for the new plant, which is called Fidelity Record Pressing, uh, they indicated who was involved on the team there. And I noticed one of the gentlemen there uh, looked familiar to me. And I went back and looked at the RTI site, and sure enough, it's the same gentleman who is kind of the uh, production manager or pressing manager 
plant manager, whatever you want to call him at that facility. And he also has such a title at the new Mobile Fidelity pressing plant. So I don't honestly know if that's a an evolution where he is moving off into working for this new plant exclusively or whether it's a shared resource or what this is. I'm sure that maybe it's a collaboration uh, because RTI, of course, has been pressing a lot of Mobile Fidelity's uh, albums here uh, for years now. So I'm sure that connection is, is valid and is there. And, uh, and I can see why it would have some presence. Uh, but I really had thought maybe they were kind of starting maybe with a little more of a fresh new staff. Their actual announcement talked a lot about the fact that although this would add uh, volume to the backlog that there is in vinyl, that they really were going to be innovative and that they were going to be taking approaches that really improve the quality. And that may be part of why it's taking longer. It may be partly a cash flow issue because of other situations they've got going on with, let's say, the legal case or who really knows. I mean, um, it's we're kind of getting used to maybe some uh, lack of transparency or lack of really knowing what's going on. But I was encouraged to see they had this website up and did have some information and ability for people to contact them uh, to uh, leverage the facility for potential um, pressing time, I would imagine. But I did notice that they, they don't have a phone number yet associated with the facility uh, unless you call 555-555-5555, which is actually not a real number, obviously. But And I did ring it to double check. But uh, So I am going to be trying to find some information out a little more on this. Uh, I've placed a few calls and uh, try to get an update on where this is when we're going to see some first uh, outputs out of it. Uh, I even would like to get out there and uh, take a tour, uh, CRTI while I'm out there as well, because I know it's of interest to people on this channel. Where is this at? Where are things going? And it's a valid situation. You would think now that they've kind of, uh, I'll say, missed the target they had potentially or are just going to get going here right close to the end of that target time. They would maybe be coming up with some press release or an update of some kind. And maybe who knows, it'll be coming here in the near future now that we're into quarter two. But that pressing plant uh, is is there in Oxnard. That's about 17 miles or so from where RTI is located. Um, so obviously they're in relatively close proximity to one another uh, to have some of these folks working between the plants possibly and helping out. Makes perfectly good sense. And the other one that I'm, I'm trying to get uh, some insight on, of course, is the Vinyl Me Please plant that is getting put together in Denver, Colorado. So um, also trying to get some connections there to be able to check that out as well. Now, the new twist that came here in the last week or two was the Mondo situation, where that company that had put out some kind of unique pressings over the years, um, that they were acquired by Funko. And a lot of concern about whether or not 
what that meant. You know, was that going to mean they were going to change their business model or whatever? And Funko came out with a press release that basically said, you know, quite the opposite. We're going to actually invest and we are going to ourselves start up a record pressing plant to meet the demands. So that's really good news to see that that is coming along as well. We need more pressing capacity. I think we all remember Jack White even came out and was saying, hey, large-scale corporate companies, why aren't you investing in pressing plants as well? You see what where this is headed. You see what's been going on. Uh, what's the delay in them getting their toe back in the water, so to speak? But I can say... Corporate America is very, very careful about making big capital investments when it's not a sure thing. Um, and when there are third parties to do things, outsourcing often is the, is the way they go. Now, you have uh, Analog Productions and Quality Records Pressings in Salina, Kansas with Chad Kassam. You know, he takes a different approach and I think a smarter approach. And that is he takes the bull by the horns and he says, I'm going to control the pressings and I'm going to control the production. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to bring all these things under my umbrella and control as much as I can even to where we talked about the packaging that they have and the uniqueness of it. So, you, you know, there's two schools of thought as it comes to this. Now, MoFi, of course, trying to start up a plant, they're kind of seeing maybe they need to, they need to get better uh, methodologies to control things as well. And, and that's smart. I think that is, you know, you control your own destiny. And I think when it comes to manufacturing, um, too many companies have outsourced to the point where it hurts them. And they found this out a lot, of course, in the pandemic when people were not able to supply things. And uh, they also had people who went out of business because of the pandemic. So, you know, you increase your dependencies and your vulnerabilities go up. They exponentiate because the supply chain, you need all the pieces in a supply chain. You know, you could have a product that's ready to go except for, you know, a 20-cent screw and you can't ship the product. Uh, and so the point is how much you control is very, very critical to getting the work done in a manner that, A, is qualitative to the quality you want, is quantitative to the output you want, and that you have flexibility. Because in operations, you need flexibility Enable, en enabling you to, to maybe adjust to the demand of the market on a dime, so to speak. So you can make, let's say, pressing schedule changes much e more easily if you're controlling the whole schedule. If you're in the midst of a schedule that's somebody else's and they're doing it and they've already got you slotted, and if you pull out of whatever it is, uh, you're going to go to the end of the line kind of thing. So it's it's a little bit dicey. Uh, and, and so it's always a variable that has to be managed. And some of these places now saying we're going to take this on, I think, in fact, is smart. Now we get into the big companies. And as I said, I don't think they really want to invest. They outsource that. It may be the reason why, let's say, Universal doesn't have Countdown to Ecstasy out yet for Steely Dan. You know, Can't Buy a Thrill came out November 4th of 2022, right? 
So let's see, November, that's December, January, February, March, April. Five months. They haven't released the second one yet. Chad released the second album in mid-December. So, you know, is that a supply issue? Is it a uh, maybe a priority issue? Maybe Universal didn't sell as many of the Can't Buy a Thrills as they thought they were going to. And, uh, you, you know, they've said, well, let's, you know, it's, it's not a, as much a priority. Don't know. But it is telling that that's the case. But again, they're having it done by Precision up in Canada. Uh, and uh, so they're going to be basically at the mercy of what their schedule is. And that's how these things go when it comes to pressing plants and manufacturing. So there are a lot of opportunities that exist with these pressing plants coming online and a lot of risk as well. There's a lot of capital involved in this by the companies to bring this to production, and they need to make sure that they do well to the point where their quality and their capabilities are par or greater than the current situation. Nothing would be worse than making an investment like that and then having more issues than you had before you started. So these things do take time and due diligence, and I'm sure that if quality is in fact the goal, the timing is secondary to that. So I am one who always says, make sure the quality is right before you get it out there, because getting it back and having a bad reputation over it is something that no one can really afford to do in this consumer industry where we are always aware of what is going on and have such easy ways to communicate and give our feedback, positive or negative. So the vinyl community is waiting for this growth. It's waiting for these improvements in order to deliver on the promise of what we think vinyl can bring to us as we continue on on our Vinyl Community Podcasts. Thank you all for joining me today and take care.